Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome to the SB Nation NFL show where we love the NFL. A reminder before we get started recapping all of Sunday's action that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As mentioned, this is the SB Nation NFL show. Today is Monday, November 21st, 2022, which means we have a lot of NFL action to get to and a lot coming your way because this is Thanksgiving week, which means we have three games on Thursday. We'll have all sorts of coverage for you here on the SB Nation NFL show. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can watch us there. You can watch us on Twitter. You can watch us on Facebook. And you can always listen wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. Leave a rating. Ride review. Those things make us happy. Who is us? My name is RJ Ochoa from SB Nation's blog and the boys home of the 2022 NFC East champions. That's right. I said it. The fantastic Rachelle Prevet, as always, is on the ones and twos. You can see and hear Rachelle all over Bleeding Green Nation properties. Well, they will finish with the silver medal in the NFL's most storied division. And joining me, as always, here from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride, we tore him away. He wanted to actually not do the show because he has taken the Netherlands to win the World Cup. He has bet his life savings on them. It is the one and only Pete Sweeney, Pete, thank you for tearing yourself away from this match. I know it's tough for you, but you do have yes. the game on in the background. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching it right now. And and though I, I don't have the Netherlands, that, that was a good guess. Me and my friends do do a World Cup pool. Wow, very original to, of you. To, no no other group of people does that. To, so something to that only you guys teams. do. Right. So I have Switzerland and Mexico. So it's going to be an uphill battle. But uh, we're excited about it. You, you know, know, I we, don't. We are we are living up to. We're gonna we're gonna get excited for the challenge. A lot of people feel conflict when it comes to like having a two team in, in any given sport, right? Like you're you're right. kind of like that in the NFL, right? Like you root for the Giants, you know, from from your boyhood days when when young Pete was a little lad. Um, you know, you obviously cover the Chiefs now. You kind of have a little bit of Royals Yankee stuff going on. That you have you have a, a semblance of a two team, right? I'm I'm Mexican American. I also root for Mexico in addition to rooting yeah. for the United States. That's a really heavy conflict. Um, you know, like like these are two teams that hate one another. Uh, but you know, I'm I sure. feel I feel like I'm allowed. Why wouldn't I be allowed to, to root for both of them? Yeah, no, I, I think you gotta do what you gotta do. And I'll be rooting for three teams. I'll be rooting for America and then Switzerland and then and then Mexico in this World Cup. Yeah. Okay. So you are um you know, you've adopted my two teams at the very least. Um, you know, because mm-hmm. Netherlands was your number one, then USA two, um, you know, yeah. obviously in Mexico three. Um, no real love for Switzerland for you. Um, what country would you say the Cincinnati Bengals are? Hmm. I don't know. That's a that's a, a, a good question. Maybe Maybe England. Oh, 
it's coming home maybe i do think england a little bit you know under underrated under slept on a little sure. bit of history people nobody wants to nobody really give them their credit give them their due sure. um we are here to give the cincinnati Bengals their due joining us from cincyjungle.com sb nation's home for all of cincinnati Bengals content i don't know when this man sleeps pete because i i, I can't even list all the things he does at sb nation because his byline is way too long it is the one and only jason markham jason thank you so much for joining us here on monday football monday um, how many websites uh, do you have course access to is my question. Oh, just, well, for now, just the Bengals in UK, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like more than that. Um, Jason, congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, congratulations. Big win, big time win, 37 to 30 over. Um, I got to imagine, even though the Steelers are down on their luck, it's always nice to get a, a win over big brother like this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it wasn't that long ago they'd lost like – it was like double digit straight to the Steelers and now they've won four of the last five. So that's been really nice. And just watching the Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett duel was really fun too. Hopefully we get a lot more of those in the future. I don't think you want that. I really don't. I don't think you want Kenny Pickett to be, to wind up being good. I think you want Kenny Pickett to, to stink and to be awful. Uh, and that way you don't have to worry about him for the foreseeable future. Kenny Pickett threw the ball 42 times, Joe Burrow 39 times. This was, um, I was a little bit busy as the Cowboys were trouncing the Minnesota Vikings, but this was kind of an offensive display. Like, is this, this have like sneaky, maybe not game of the year vibes, but like one of the more fun games to watch back and forth? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the Steelers, they were they were taking advantage of the Bengals being down in some of their corners and George Pickens. He looks like a star on the rise, but uh, it was a fun win for sure. I think the, the big question with the Bengals and the one that a, a lot of national folks were focused on would be, you know, how would they replace Jamar Chase for all these weeks? What have you seen in, in T. Higgins, and would you consider him, as you've watched him without Chase in, in the mix these past few weeks, as a true number one? Oh, I, absolutely. Because I mean, Jamar Chase just had such an amazing historic season and then a great season to this point. It's easy to forget how that T. Higgins could would absolutely be a number one receiver and one of the better receivers in the NFL for any other team. But So it's great to see that now when Chase is – I mean, hopefully he comes back soon, but it's also nice to see Higgins show, hey, I can carry an offense too. Just a, a quick follow-up before RJ goes. What is the outlook on Chase right now? What have what have you seen from the reports in, in Cincinnati? The hope is he'll start practicing again this week. I, I know last week there was one reporter who said the hope is he'll return this week against the Titans, but I, I just can't see that if he's not even been doing work on the rehab field, really. And so hopefully he'll just start practicing again this week and maybe be back in time for – I think the Chiefs game's up next after that. Jason um... – so this is a division win. It's a big time win. And I know it wasn't that long ago, but it feels it feels like it was both yesterday and forever ago that Cincinnati lost on Monday Night Football to Cleveland. And that was when I think a lot of people jumped ship from the Bengals. It's been kind of an up and down ride, the 0-2 start. Um, you're welcome for that, by the way. Uh, thanks to Cooper Rush, the legend. Um, it, it, but, but the Bengals kind of stabilized. And then that loss was sort of the like, man, I just started believing again. And here you go, disappointing me. But but this kind of feels like they're they're sneakily getting back. And I'm somebody who has long supported the Baltimore Ravens. Sunday, not exactly an impressive showing for them as they squeaked out a win against the Carolina Panthers. Like I do feel like the like you're, you're talking about, you know, that that game already happened, but still like not a, a an unrecoverable gap between the Bengals and the Ravens here in the AFC North. Oh, no. I mean, the Ravens do have an easier schedule down the stretch, but the way they've looked, it's like you can't assume they'll win any game. I mean, the Panthers, when they're they're arguably the worst team in the NFL, and you struggled at home. You had what I think they only had three points into the fourth quarter. So 
it, it's definitely going to be a fun race to see them. And then hopefully that week 18 game, it, when they host the Ravens, that'll be like kind of a mini AFC North championship. I think coming into the year, we felt like this year for Cincinnati was a prove last year wasn't this Cinderella type of, of thing. And you got off to the slow start. What do you think the belief level is right now that, okay, we have won now for the past five. We are feeling good against a, a with a win against a division rival. Where do you think the Bengals feel that they're at as far as being able to make another AFC playoff run? Well, the key right now is just is having some lesser known guys step up in key spots. Like I said, the um, they're really hurting the secondary right now. Chidobe Awuze, he's, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL the last two years. And, he was a big reason why they made it to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, typically to make that kind of deep playoff one, you have to have a strong number one corner, and that's what he was. And yeah. not having him for the rest of the season after he tore his ACL, that's going to be tough to overcome. But you've got other guys stepping up. And then, like I said, with Chase being out, you saw guys like Trenton Irwin and Samaj P. Ryan becoming a receiving threat. So that that's going to be the key to get through these next, you know, six, seven, eight games without, or, you know, and get hopefully get back into the playoffs. I agree. I love Cheeto. Uh, super bummed, obviously, to see his season in. Who would you say you just mentioned some guys that stepped up, certainly in this game against Pittsburgh? Like who who are the the important non superstars? Obviously, you know, especially when Jamar Chase comes back, he's one of them. But in in lieu of that, like in 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 the time being, who is somebody that that is not necessarily asked to fill a big role that's going to have to if the Bengals are going to be a playoff team this year? Well, it, it could be Trenton Irwin. I mean, he this is a guy who's, you know, spent most of his career to this point and on the practice squad, and he gets called up because Chase is out, and he has two massive catches in yesterday's game, uh, including a touchdown in a game that was decided by a touchdown, and then he had a big catch in the fourth quarter that got him down for the game-sealing touchdown. So just guys like him stepping up is really going to be good. And then at cornerback um, – the guy's going to have to step up is probably Cam Taylor Britt, their second-round rookie out of Nebraska. The problem is he missed, like, the first six weeks with an injury, so he's still, like, very much in the beginning stages of his rookie season. So by the time the regular season is over, hopefully he's become a reliable cornerback to help over offset the loss of Cheeto. Yeah, last one from, from me here. I don't know if RJ has anything else, but I, I'm looking at the schedule here. Six and four with four – very interesting games coming up. The Tennessee Titans, who look to be one of the better teams. I don't know about the, the quarterback matchup necessarily, but better one of the better teams in the AFC. You got the Titans, you got the Chiefs, and you got Cleveland, which is going to be featuring Deshaun Watson. When's the last time we said that? And then Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. This is an important four-game stretch. This will probably determine whether or not the, the Bengals will be a playoff team. What's your outlook for these four games? Oh, absolutely. And no, I, I didn't actually see a lot of people saying it, but yesterday absolutely was a must-win game. If they lose that game yeah. to the Steelers, they're not going to the playoffs. They're, they're not going to survive this stretch having lost. And especially like this late in the season, they would have been winless in the AFC North. And I, I just never heard of a team be winless in their division going into like the last, I guess, like fifth of the season, uh, just without a division win. So they had to get that win. You look at this next stretch of games, obviously they're going to be – the real challenge that is for these next two games against the Titans and Chiefs, they both have heavy revenge factors in the, favoring them. The Titans right. absolutely had this game. As far as any regular season game they want to win this season, it's against the Bengals after how the divisional playoff went. 
Same with the Chiefs. It's like how that AFC Championship win. This is the game they want to win most on the regular season schedule. So it, yeah, it's I'd agree. probably going to be a tough two weeks coming up. Then you get the Browns. Then you get the Bucks, who are kind of, you know, they're up and down. Uh, the Patriots, same thing. The Bills on Monday Night Football, that, that's going to be, I think, a game of the year candidate, if, especially if Chase is back and both teams are fairly healthy. So, But, yeah, these next four games, it's it's going to be a rough stretch probably these next two weeks. Uh, my last one, Jason, is is kind of about you mentioned the Bills. Um, this this will make Pete happy. Um, I don't. I I think it's strange to, to think that Joe Burrow is underrated um, at this point, given the success of of late last season and then the run to the Super Bowl and everything. But it does kind of feel like like he's just kind of faded a little bit, and and maybe the struggles were a part of that. Um, but but this performance and it's one game, and I don't mean to just kind of like you know build off of that. Dude threw for 355 yards and four touchdowns on the road against a division rival in a game he absolutely had to have. Meanwhile, you know, the quarterback of the team you mentioned, the Bills, Josh Allen, I mean, squeaked out a win yesterday against the Cleveland Browns and had a horrible fourth quarter collapse and overtime collapse last week against the Minnesota Vikings and took no heat for that. Uh, no, Nobody is talking about Joe Burrow this morning today in the aftermath and I get maybe some of that is the Steelers you know aren't this like you know dragging to be slayed the way they have been in the past but it does kind of feel like Joe Burrow is, is a little disrespected right now I mean am I alone in that do you share that sentiment kind of I think part of it is like the Bengals kind of had their chance to be you know, almost at the top of the mountain last season and now people are kind of wanting to see all right the Bills you know they've never won one you know They've not had a whole lot of success, and now Allen's here, and now they're kind of the team on the rise. I think people want to see the Bills, like, have that big season because, I mean, we saw how much Super Bowl love they were getting in the preseason. So I, I understand wanting to see another guy kind of, like, take the pedestal. Um, but, yeah, the, they're I'm fine with Burrow and the Bengals getting slept on. I mean, that's typically when they're, <laughs> when they're at their best. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Even last year, this year, they played out their competition a little bit too much. Awesome. Well said. Uh, Jason Markham, everybody check out Cincy Jungle um, and his fantastic coverage of UK. Uh, the final thing as you leave, Jason, the the one thing you're looking forward to the most about your Thanksgiving meal, what piece of food? Ooh, uh, mm, probably stuffing. Like I know. That's Good call. Where, yeah. yeah. Ooh. Um, so you're, you're a stuffing, not a dressing. Yeah. Person. I don't know. Stuffing. Yeah. Just All because right. there's so many different ways you can do it too, it's just like who know. It's kind of like almost like a mystery, you know, thing. It's like what's this year's big stuffing gonna be? Mm, well mm. said, Jason. Hope you enjoy your stuffing and uh, your Thanksgiving week. Thank you so much for joining us here on the SB Nation Woo. NFL Show. Thanks, guys. Have a blessed day. Uh, Jason Markham rules. Uh, Pete Sweeney, you rule. The Netherlands still all square through the 18th minute. You know, it it just hit me as we were talking to Jason, and you know, I think. I think the Bengals will be there. Let me be clear here. But we have a reality in which both Super Bowl teams missed the playoffs entirely. I do think that the Bengals have been the more impressive team of, of that you know particular stretch. In fact, I just saw, literally as you were um, talking about that, um, obviously the Chiefs play the Rams this week. Do you know the line on that game? I know you've, you've probably got the opening line up at Arrowhead Pride, but do you know the line right now? It was not up last night because of, I think, the uncertainty of Matt Stafford. Gotcha. I think my my deputy editor, John, put it up this morning. So I have not seen it. So I'm going to take a stab here. Uh, the Chiefs are home against what, is, what has become the lowly Rams. <laughs> I think that the I think it's probably 13 and a half if I had to You guess. are so close. Um, you did not go over, so you're still eligible for the showcase. 14 and a half point favorites the Chiefs wow. are against the Rams. It is the wow. biggest 
uh, line, obviously, against the Rams under Sean McVay, and the first time that they are double-digit underdogs, and they are like they're easily double-digit. You know, it's not like ten and a half. You know what I mean? Where you're saying like you're you could you meet the bare minimum qualification for double-digit. They are well into the double digits. Uh, the Rams stink out loud. This is, I think, it has to do a little bit with the concussion. I know that they're running tests on Stafford Monday and Tuesday, but this would be, I believe, his second concussion in like three weeks. So especially what we've seen in the NFL out of Miami, they're going to be more cautious than anything. And I, I think you know, you're looking, I know they won the Super Bowl last year, but you're looking at the record at some point, you got to be like, you know, maybe we pack it in to an extent, like why take a chance with Matt Stafford? It's not inconceivable the that the lions net the number one overall pick. I mean, like I know the Texans are yeah. bad, you know what I mean? Like, like, but it's, it's going to be very, very, very up there. Um, okay. Yeah. Well on the subject of the chiefs, let's go ahead and start there. Sunday night football, Pete Sweeney. Um, you mentioned it late night for you burning the midnight oil 30 to 27, the final score. I, I don't know if you saw my tweet. You were very busy. I understand no. that. So it's all good. I didn't see it. After, Go ahead, read it. After me. the Justin Herbert tweet, or tweet, goodness gracious, after the Justin Herbert touchdown, oh my gosh, Justin Herbert, he did it, blah, blah. All your boy, your fellow Kingdom member, RJ Ochoa, all <laughs> I tweeted was way too much time for Mahomes. Way too much time. Way too much time for Mahomes. You have to know better. This man will come for you. Wherever you are, whatever corner you have hidden in, whatever level of camouflage you have, even if you have Harry Potter's cloak of invisibility that he inherited from his father, James, Patrick Mahomes will find you and end you. This man <laughs> is inevitable, specifically with his sword of Excalibur that is Travis Kelsey. How does Travis Kelsey score three touchdowns against a team that knows him this well? What a catastrophic failure by the Chargers that they're going to get all sorts of credit for because they played the Chiefs tight. No, no, no. It is hilarious that anybody ever thought that anybody was coming for these Chiefs between. We, we will get into closer looks at the game with my film team at, at Arrowhead Pride, but it, it did seem like when Derwin James was assigned to Kelsey, they were having some success there on the night, but there were also times when they, they took him off. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't, you know, it's a little bit weird to have a safeties just simply follow the tight end, but that's what they needed to do if they were going to have a chance to win this game. And and they did. I mean, they, they had the lead again with two minutes, but I think you're right about Patrick Mahomes and the offense after the game. He said, we had no doubt that we were going to score. Now, there there's probably been times when they've said that before and, and it hasn't happened but I think everyone was thinking the same thing you were if you give the Chiefs and they have two or three timeouts and there's a minute and change like the Mahomes zone to me is like one minute and one minute and 30 seconds left on the clock and especially if they have timeouts nothing is guaranteed I mean they they roll really quickly they call their best stuff they're not hiding anything anymore and I think you saw exactly what happens and you know, I do want to give a shout out in 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 house for Vespi Nation to Kyle Barber because Kyle Barber a couple weeks ago just came out and said that Mark Andrews Kyle Barber love to be very clear. yeah Mark he really made a, this statement that Mark Andrews was the best tight end in the NFL uh, and it wasn't even close and ever since that moment Mr. Plate he Travis purple Kelsey plate. has turned it was on a purple on, plate an, to be very clear it was a like, purple plate right. it, mm. it was a, it was it's been another gear for Travis Kelsey at the age of thirty three he not only looks like the best tight end. In the NFL right now, he not only looks like maybe the best tight end ever. Hall of Famer. He might be the best weapon in the NFL right now. I I'm not saying he is. I know that Tyreek Hill oh, exists. Well, Justin Jefferson well in exists. And like, I don't want to take away from Travis Kelsey or interrupt you, but like, 
like being Mahomes' Excalibur is is a different level, right? Like if you know, and I don't want to take away from Travis Kelsey. Say if, if his quarterback was say Justin Herbert, like I, he'd still be wonderful. Right. But like it is such a perfect marriage, and I I don't think that that is understood well enough. He has to your point. Sorry, Kyle. This is his second game with three touchdowns since that comment. I mean, like, I know. Like, I know. since I know. that that was actually I know he did. That we, was that day. He did. That was that day. Remember he, that that night on Monday yeah. Night Football. Four touchdowns in that game. We we know he didn't hear it, but like it's funny to think that like right after that he's just exploded and he has eleven touchdowns that ties a career high. And the Chiefs have seven games left. Like twenty touchdowns for Travis Kelsey in twenty twenty two is not inconceivable, which is madness to say. These two, you know, I mentioned Mahomes is the MVP. These two are trying to shape themselves up for that MVP offensive player of the year type of deal. So we'll see if that continues. Anyway, back to this game and back to the division. What to, what to me was the most impressive is that. The Chargers have, have had an up and down year and they've been killed with injuries for like the 10th year in a row. So you have to say that. Uh, but even when they were healthy, they they haven't necessarily always played well. They always play the Chiefs tough. And this was clearly a game in which the Chargers had to win it. The Chiefs, yes, they, they needed to win it to keep control of the conference and keep control of potentially having an AFC bye. But the Chargers needed to win it to keep the division alive at all. Right. If, if they were ever going to win the division, they had to win this one. Now the Chiefs win it. They're three games up. And for the Chargers to need it as badly as they did and for the Chiefs to still pull it out on their home turf, I just think it's just an impressive win. It's a signature win. And we were looking at the Chiefs schedule and we thought it would, you know, it was one of the toughest in the NFL. If you really look at it now, the toughest game left is the Bengals and the other teams for them are the Rams, 13 and a half point favorite, or what would you say? 14 14 and a half Broncos, Texans, Seahawks, Broncos, Raiders. Unless something unforeseen happens, they're winning every game, ex- you know, and you, you have a question against the Bengals because there's a little bit of a mini rivalry there. Both teams are going to want that one for sure. But they're they've they're set up to go 15 and two and have the AFC by not have to play a week. And then what? You know, it's two wins to, to potentially get back to the Super Bowl again. So uh, it's shaping up really well for at Arrowhead, City. to be very clear. Two wins at Arrowhead to get back to the Super Bowl, which is like. I don't put a lot of stock right. into actual home field advantage, but Arrowhead is one of those places that that does provide a, a distinct advantage that other other buildings don't. Um, my quick recap thoughts just to that point, because we obviously have a lot of games yeah. to get to. Um, Mahomes is the MVP. There, there is no close second. There is none. No close second. Now, he could have a slip-up game, right? Like one of these games that we're talking about, like maybe, I don't know, they lose to the Rams, something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like like losing now is is a big deal. You know what I mean? Relative to MVP. You have a, a poor performance in late November, December. People remember that when it comes to their MVP voting. The Colts' loss was embarrassing, but from an MVP standpoint, Mahomes is fortunate that it happened so early in the season and that he's put together such incredible performances since then. Um, I did... On, it, it, on the, it took on, like 10 mistakes to lose to the Colts, but you're right. You're right. I mean, it, it's still on their record for sure. It's it's amazing. You know, people talk so much about like the Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson trade and or, like the trade that led to Justin Jefferson joining the Vikings and how that was like this win win for both teams. In a weird way, the Tyreek Hill trade kind of this big win because it like unlocked Travis Kelsey's level of opportunity that we're seeing here. Um, just an incredible career. Year. And um, I know nobody cares, but I have to say this. It looked like I'm, I was nine and one in my fantasy league of record entering this oh, week, no. and it looked like I was going to lose. I've got Travis Kelsey, though. And the only reason mm-hmm. I have Travis Kelsey is shout out to my friend Jimmy, who the day of the draft, I said, uh, man, I was, I'm was i reigning champ. I said, I really hope Stephon Diggs makes it back to me. I really want him to be my first pass catcher that I take. Sure. He took Stephon Diggs. He sniped wow. me. He took him. And I said, you know what? I'll just settle here and take Travis Kelsey. And because of Travis Kelsey, it looks like I'm going to get to 10 and 1 on the season. So shout out to me. Shout well, out to Jimmy. Shout out to, to Travis Kelsey. 
Yep, James, maybe rethink chirping a little bit. You know, last year or trying to snipe snipe my boy here. By, by the way, Chargers, you talk about the AFC West. They are now ninth in the AFC playoff seating, so they are well out of wild card well, contention right now. That that that's actually kind of what's wild in the NFL right now. Everything is just so close that you have each and every week. Like we saw the Bills when they lost last week, they went from first to sixth. It's just. The, every game, I mean, we know this in the NFL, it's always the case. Every game matters, but even more so this year because of just the parity. One loss, and you could be on the outside looking in at the playoff bubble, especially if you're in that four to four to six range. I agree with you that everything's close, um, but I think it's close at two different ends of the spectrum. Right, like everything's close among the leaders, and then there's like a tiny gap, and everything's close among like the wild cards, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like the room mm-hmm. for error mm-hmm. on both sides is so thin. But okay, let's move on. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Go Chargers! They play the Chiefs tough. Whatever. Um, P, let's go ahead and do it. Let's just get this out of the way. The Dallas Cowboys destroyed the sure. Minnesota Vikings. All right. I mean, it's it's a holiday week. Let's get to your Chiefs. Get to yeah. my Cowboys. Let's move on. 40 yeah. to three, the final score. I know you were getting ready for game time, probably, you know, doing this, doing that, having your pregame meal. I don't know if you saw this. This was the largest margin of victory that the Dallas Cowboys have ever had in a road game. And mm-hmm. they did it against an eight and one team in our Minnesota Vikings. We have both uh, praised them many a, times had, throughout this season. Yeah, had, I woke up and, and I saw that the Vikings were two point underdogs at home. And I, I thought that was especially strange, just considering how much we like the Vikings and how, how much we respect them as a team. And I, I said, I, you know, I think Vegas might be wrong here. Put a nice parlay on the Raiders, Bengals, and Vikings. My man, Pedro. And uh, did not work out for me. I kept checking the score, and, and it was one of those things where, you know, you, you're checking your bet. But by the middle of the second quarter, I said, I'm, I'm going to stop checking this game. Don't exactly know what happened. I didn't get to watch a ton of it. I'm sure, you know, obviously you you did. But what a statement win when it comes to you know, a team that's eight and one and everyone is, is making their, their, their pitches to Odell Beckham Jr. And it seems like the Cowboys have emerged as the strongest. And it's one of these things, like if you think about college football and recruitment and things like that, these big time wins really do help. And especially for a guy that, that I, I think wants to join a, a contender with this win, the Cowboys are right there among the teams that can emerge in the NFC, in my opinion. 40-3 to three is, is quite a statement, and, and we'll see how the Vikings rebound on Thanksgiving. It was just, a, I mean, a perfect game, like like an absolute, complete, and total destruction of a football team. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and to respond that way, you know, the Cowboys said all week long, this is a playoff game. We acknowledge it. It has incredible implications. I mean, I, I thought it was strange. They don't do that. They don't write that check a lot. And, and then they went and cashed it um, over and over and over again. Uh, you say you didn't have a chance to watch a ton of it. First, you know, uh, possession of the game, the Vikings won the toss, chose to receive. Big mistake right there. Third down, right away, Micah Parsons gets to Kirk Cousins, sacks him, causes a fumble. Cowboys were able to cash in on a field goal. Um, only a field goal, not a touchdown. But Pete Sweeney, I do not know if you know this. Um, I'm sure you don't based on the fact that you were busy once again. The Dallas Cowboys scored on their first, shout out Monica Geller, seven possessions of the game. They actually flip-flop, field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal, before they scored two touchdowns in a row, uh, both to start the second half. The Cowboys would get another field goal to make it 40-3 to at the end of it. Brett Maher actually had uh, a 60-yard field goal at the end of the half that he had to kick twice based on some really stupid officiating. He had a 53-yard field goal. I mean, this man, I doubted, 
and very happy to have been proven wrong. He has turned into one of the more clutch kickers in the NFL. Um, I mean, and that's the thing. This, this Cowboys team, the arrow is pointing up. You mentioned it. They have conceivably the best quarterback in the division, arguably the best quarterback in the conference right now. Certainly, again, talking just about the NFC, not coming for your boy, Patty. Uh, they have the best defensive player in the NFL in Micah Parsons. They might be the team that wins the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes. To your point about the Giants, if it was reported Sunday morning by NFL Network that Dallas and New York were, were kind of the final two. Dallas won, New York lost, we'll get there, and they play one another on Thanksgiving Day. I don't think it's an accident that Odell narrowed his list, so to speak, to these two teams the Sunday before they play in what will be the most watched game of the season on Thanksgiving Day between the Cowboys and Giants, and Odell will obviously be a talking point by the Fox broadcast crew. Um, th- this was this was a huge statement. I mean, a massive statement for the Cowboys to just go to Minnesota and and just unravel a, well, a, a very good football team. I think the the you know this tandem of, of Pollard and, and Elliott is and the offense oh, and the way that Dak is playing and and you know you have C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup making tough catches. I, I think that's all fine and nice. But what changes the game for the Cowboys for me and, and sort of as a differentiator in the NFC is just the play of Parsons. I mean, he's become this type of guy that was like prime J.J. Watt or, you know, T.J. Watt, you know, over these past few years, right. like an Aaron Donald. I mean, such a, a game wrecker when you have a guy like that and and the Cowboys do. And, to you know, you pair that with the offense. We have been on this show talking about, well, who, who do we think can emerge from the NFC? Philadelphia suddenly looks pretty vulnerable Sing and it, they had been with that they beautiful been the voice of yours. clear. They had been the clear front runner for so long. They almost lost to the Jeff Saturday Colts, which at this stage really, you know, is, is, is unforgivable. Yeah. And I, and you know, this is a, a tough reality for anyone that doesn't live in the, the Dallas area. If you were placing a bet right now, like let's just say you had like a proverbial gun to your head, who are you picking to come out of the NFC? It's probably the Dallas Cowboys. Like if you're really being honest with yourself, and and that's a a place that I don't want to live in, but it's one I re- will reluctantly admit that that's where I'd probably go if I had to pick. I asked Justice Mosqueda of SB Nation's Acme Packing Company two weeks ago when Dallas was getting ready to play the Packers. Obviously, they lost that game. Um, yeah. Which defense he preferred, Dallas or Philadelphia? He said Dallas. I asked which quarterback he preferred. You know, Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts. And instantly he was like, oh, Dak, easily. And so, um, and and look, the Cowboys lost that game at Lambeau. They blew a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. That was really, really frustrating. But but to respond like this really, really says a lot. I don't think that Mike McCarthy gets enough credit for for that kind of stuff. Uh, but but you know, I've I fought that battle many different times. Yeah. Um I mean it's 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 all about the next game though. Like this Giants Cowboys game. If say the, the Giants and I, you know you don't know what happened, say they're able to just win it, then all of a sudden it's wide open again. Like it's just it's been such a week by week thing in the NFC. Uh two quick things and then we'll move on. Number one, um, a week ago or sorry, a week ago, a year ago today, the Cowboys had just lost at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. And you and I had done all sorts of fun stuff together. At that point in time, the Dallas Cowboys had twenty one sacks on the season. They obviously were an amazing defense a year ago. Do you know how many sacks they have today through this through the exact same amount of games? Ten games in. They were seven and three last year. They're seven and three right now. Forty one. Forty two. They have doubled just, their sack. One off. I mean, one off today. You're very close <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, last bit of information: uh, Football Outsiders has updated their team DVOA ratings um, through Sunday's games. Obviously, we have Monday Night Football to go. Uh, there is uh, a same number one team, the Buffalo Bills, still number one in overall team DVOA. There is a new number two. The Dallas Cowboys have climbed from fourth 
to second. The top five, uh, again, overall team DVOA, Buffalo, Dallas, Baltimore at three, Philadelphia at four, and your Kansas City Chiefs at number five. That, you know, defense and special teams, just a little bit of a question. But, um, you know, when you have Patrick Mahomes, who cares what your questions are? The special teams has been horrible. I mean, if it was just average, I'm sure they would be a little bit higher, but. Let's let's talk about the number one team in overall DVOA. We talked about it briefly uh, with Jason. The Buffalo Bills, I, I would say, survived uh, against this Cleveland Browns team. Now, there was a lot that went into this game. Couldn't be played in Buffalo. That was well chronicled. Had to be played in Detroit. Thankfully, everybody got there safely. I mean, all sorts of stuff. 31 to 23, the final score. Um, I'm sure you had more time to check in on this because it was part of the noon yeah. plate. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, this, this felt like pulling teeth for the Bills. I, I don't know if, if I'm alone in this. Like, I, again, they won, but man, it, it did not feel the way they sh- it, that it should have felt. I, I give them no real credit for this win. Well, they looked like a team that had to change stadiums and fight right, through snow to get I mean, to their again, facility. Very and, fair point. Yeah, like, but. They were able to get it done. You know, I don't want to write off the Bills because they they struggled in this game. Cleveland has shown to be somewhat of a problem for for teams. I, I just think defensively they're they're really good. What they're they're missing is a quarterback, which they will will get back soon. You know, I think if Deshaun Watson is playing in this game, we got to see what he is. But if he's anything like he was in the past, they probably win this game, the Cleveland Browns. So that's why they went and got him despite everything off the field. I I think Buffalo. You're right. I think they survived. I think they got through this week. I think they are happy that they did. I'm sure that that Josh Allen and the crew was watching the Sunday night football game. And again, just feeling like, how did we lose those two games in a row and one of them to the, the New York Jets? But they they get through this game and I, I think they're they're getting close to getting back to who they were. I just don't think they're they're completely there yet. This was not a team to me that would beat, as, as you were saying, going through the DVOA in this performance. I don't think they would have beaten the Chiefs. I don't think they would have beaten the Baltimore Ravens, but they did enough to beat the Cleveland Browns, and and we'll see if they can continue to stack wins here. But I'm, I'm just curious as to what's going on with Josh Allen. I just, he doesn't seem completely right to me. I know that he was dealing with the elbow issue, but I, you know, even before that, he was such he was playing at such a high level early in the season and it just feels like that that he's not there anymore and whether that for for to be for injury or otherwise i think they need to regain that if they're really going to threaten this for the super bowl so i obviously have the netherlands match on behind you but on my other screen i have um good morning football it's or at the point now it's the replay you know because they play it back twice and the mm-hmm. segment there they were the moment that they just had they're discussing this game and, and the headline on the graphic was are the bills officially back on track that's the question yeah. i'll ask you like the answer and the answer is no right like even though they won it 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 didn't feel like like it is technically a step forward but i mean this is a team that's been been stepping in leaps you know what i mean like this this was an inch forward uh, relative to their standards right and and you know they they get the detroit lions next and i'm sure we'll talk about it the lions probably feel a lot better about themselves today and and they're starting to emerge a little bit i know we've made fun of the lions but that's not necessarily an easy out and I, I think the way that Buffalo is playing, that that's a very interesting game. I, amazing that the Detroit Lions are finally playing in, in interesting games. I don't think it, it probably has more to do with their opponent than them. But I, I'm just curious to see if the Bills can pull that one out. Um, the Browns are, are kind of what they are. I don't think either of us have any real strong takes about them. That defense is very good. Um, you know, it's hard to say that when you you know you allow right. 31 points. And um, but still, I mean, like net yardage, um, not the most like 
ridiculous game. The Bills only had 357 total yards. In fact, the, the Browns had 396 total net yards. Uh, Buffalo was just 3 of 11 on third down. Like This was just, again, like, like you're right, against a better team, you probably lose this game if you're the Bills. Yeah, and, and just very quickly here, I, I think Cleveland came into the season and probably said to themselves, we can have seven losses when Deshaun gets back. We might have a chance to make a push, right? And here they are, three and seven against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Jacoby Brissett's going to have to win that football game before he's replaced for mm-hmm. what will be Watson. And then you'll just see how the Browns do. The Browns can sneak in, man, into the tournament. It's just it's a very, very interesting team because of that defense. But if Deshaun takes over against the Houston Texans and they're three and eight, I don't, they're not running the table. And even and even, you know, will nine and eight get it done? I don't think that's necessarily a guarantee, especially with these teams in the AFC. So. A very interesting, weird storyline heading into this next game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Atlanta Falcons got back on track themselves with a 27-24 to win over the Chicago Bears. Not quite a game-winning field goal by Young-Way Koo, uh, but it did come in the final two minutes. There was a little bit of drama there. Justin Fields seems to have a shoulder issue, uh, which would just Not be good. A, a terrible thing. Um, you've talked about your fantasy team and how you cut Justin Fields, so maybe you feel some vindication. Maybe you're rooting for injury. That would make you a scummy person. Who knows? Uh, but the Falcons um this I mean this Bears team is just not there I mean like you know I think no. that's kind of what we're, we're seeing is like they have some fun stuff but they just don't have enough to put it together across four straight quarters yeah I mean if you're going to be a legitimate team you got to beat the Atlanta Falcons right. right and we were starting to see Justin Fields and I I you know I've said I, I always say this on 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 the show and, and it's if you don't have a quarterback you don't have anything and that's like 51 percent right well the Bears do have the 51 percent now it's figuring it out the the other 49 percent and I I really believe in this team in the next two years I think they're really figuring out which pieces to keep and which to to kind of say goodbye to as I go on here big believer in Ryan Poles who came from Kansas City under Brett GM Brett Veach I I think they're going to be there but it's not happening this year quite obviously Atlanta Falcons I think they're they're keeping things interesting you know i think they're the nine to, seed right now and they're they're a game back of the bucks um to the point that i just said i mean i mean like they don't have that 51 percent. like marcus Mariota is a backup in the nfl oh wow so, this was uh, truly the 51 against the 49 like really when you think 100 percent. wow well, like, 100%, literally 100 percent. wow 100 and so you we know, should we split the MF double mvp this week that was some real yeah. simpatico stuff that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so like this is fine, right? The Atlanta Falcons, but they're for they're what I'm I'm talking about. What I talked about the Minnesota Vikings for so many years, like they they're kind of getting themselves stuck in that middle of the NFL draft, which is not where you want to be because you can be stuck in the middle trudge forever, and you know you worry about that if you're a Falcons fan. They and they again have some some interesting pieces. You see Kyle Pitt and and Tyre Algier and and so on and so forth. But this is not a playoff team and every win you're ruining your draft standing in my opinion. Uh, and so that that's kind of my takeaway from this game. The Philadelphia Eagles survived a very, very, very near scare. Not a near scare, a near loss, but an absolute scare. 17-16, to 16, the final score. Jeff Saturday no longer undefeated as far as uh, time spent as an interim head coach in the NFL. Um, this game was one you can very much argue the Colts should have won. Kind of like the Bills-Browns thing. This felt like, man, if Indianapolis just had something, at quarterback they would have gotten this done um they really kind of stymied this eagles offense and and really you know were were able to run the ball effectively until they they weren't until you know it kind of fell you know just down to matt ryan and at that point it was it was all she wrote for the colts um your thoughts i'm obviously a little bit biased here i'm I'm curious for how you view this game 
Well, I, I think you're right. I, I think this was very much a survival similar to Buffalo against Cleveland. I think Buffalo actually was a little bit less of a survival mode than Philadelphia in, in this game. And Jonathan Taylor had a really nice start to the game. Mm-hmm. And then they were able to kind of curb what he was able to do. And I think that's the key to derailing the Colts because of Matt Ryan being at, at quarterback. And so there are going to be games where your offense is not looking as, as good as it has in, in previous games. This was certainly one of them for Philadelphia. You're you're left wondering, is this a trend or is this just, you know, a little bit of that midseason type of rut, you know, as you kind of see what the Eagles have done so far this year, but the defense was able to get it done. And I, I think you have to have some ugly games like that. It's not always going to be sure. sunshine and rainbows, RJ. And, and, you know, well, a win is a win, whether, and, and let me say this in the, in the landscape of the NFC East, a 40 to three victory and a 17, 16 victory. It's the same amount of wins in, in the standings. And so they, they were able to figure it out. They didn't look as good as the Cowboys. They continue to play like this. They're going to lose the division to the Cowboys, but so far so good as far as just keeping yourself there on top of the conference. I do think you're right. Like it's concerning that if you're the Eagles, you didn't score a touchdown in the first three quarters of this game. But if you're the Eagles, you know, when it came down to like, gotta have it time, right? Like we talk about that a lot, like the Eagles found a way and you can argue, yeah, the Colts are bad. Matt Ryan stinks, blah, blah, blah. Well, they found a way in the way they had to in this particular game on this particular day. And so you're right. Like a win is a win is a win is a win. Um, but it does seem like when you look at the the total of it all, like this team is taking on some water, right? Like struggling against the Colts, yes. losing to the Commanders, struggling against the Texans on that Thursday night game uh, when Christian Javier no hit the uh, Philadelphia Phillies at the same time. Yeah. Oh no, that was there the was game a- before. That was the decisive game five. I'm sorry. This is the interesting about thing about the NFL right now. There was a point this year where it. And this happens every year to an extent, but there was a point this year, maybe through weeks four through six, where you just said to yourself, wow, the Buffalo Bills and Philadelphia Eagles are two trains that are just destined to meet in Arizona. And now there is just so much uncertainty with the stretch that both teams have had these past three or four weeks where they've they've let other teams back in the mix. And you got to see how they respond now as we get to what will be the the, the I guess the third fourth of the season and then finally getting into that final stretch um that's i don't like that i don't let me say something quickly too i don't like that we can't break it up into fourths anymore i agree i i I like that i like the additional game right because you know another game is always fun but it's just the record is always weird like you can't have an even record anymore which isn't which annoys me well until the 18th game the 18th game will change everything yeah, and then you can't you can't really break it up how the team is doing based upon forts anymore, which annoys me too. That was some um upper quartile of the upper quartile stuff right there, sure. the third, fourth. Yeah. Um I will say this. I don't think the Eagles are akin to last year's Cardinals or twenty twenty Steelers in terms of last undefeated team standing that, that completely and totally faded. Um uh, but I tweeted this after the game. I do think that they're I, I said their best days are behind them. People had a, a big problem with that wording. But you're right. I think the best when we look back at this Eagles season as a whole, however it ends, the best version of the team will have been what we saw in September and October. I mean, they were so unstoppable then. It's I'm not saying that it's impossible for them to be good in the future, but it's it seems difficult that they're going to get back to that level of domination that we all have that we have already seen. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think they will. And 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 I can even say and this is just. I'm, you know, I'm trying to be honest here. I could even say, like, even on the AFC side, as not as good as Kansas City has looked, and, and they're pulling pulling things out, 
same thing in Philly. Like the, the, the this NFL playoffs is going to be wild. Well, it's going to be a roulette wheel. I mean, like you know what I mean. Like any, <laughs> any, any two combinations of teams. I think I'm going to. I feel like you can almost make a a, a case for, and which is. It, it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen because usually you feel good about what used to be the top two teams in the conference, you know, especially in the days when they had buys, like it would take a, a lot for one of those teams not to make the conference title. Whereas like, shoot, it could be any of these seven teams in each, each conference. Um, Very quickly, um, not a playoff team in all likelihood, but we just talked about the Falcons. Ian Rappaport just tweeted that Kyle Pitts is believed to have suffered an MCL sprain on Sunday uh, based on initial tests and that he is having an MRI today. So pay attention, um, everybody, especially if you have uh, Kyle Pitts on your fantasy team. Uh, Pete, while we're talking playoff teams, might as well get to, can I get the chant? The Washington football team those w- artists uh now known w- as F- the washington w- commanders F- they have w- won a F- bunch F- of games all of a sudden and are now north of 500 um look they beat the texans and you know but see like this goes back to the eagles thing like this eagles team like kind of struggled with the texans the commanders whooped up on the texans 23 to 10 the final score taylor heineke an efficient 15 of 27 for 191 yards did not throw a touchdown on the day uh, but Curtis Samuel did run one in. You know what? And they got one defensively as well because the Texans stink. Taylor Heineke, and this is great. You're gonna love this, RJ. He reminds me a lot of Alex Smith. Of course, not he is. necessarily. He's not necessarily a quarterback who's gonna dazzle you, but he's not like Carson Wentz, who will certainly lose you a game. He's good enough where he, if he's efficient, he gives his chance, he gives his team a chance to win every game. And guess what? That usually leads you to an above 500 record. Now, I will say though, that, that, that with, with that, Heineke, probably not. That archetype though comes with limitations, right? Like you're right. Sure. Like, uh-huh. like yes, high high floor but low ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so yes, like if if the team is playing very well around you, like we saw, uh, like this game isn't really like you know, again, you beat the Texans. Like we knew you were going to do that. But like last Monday night, you know, if the team is playing well around you, you can you can drive that bus. You can drive it all day long and order your Jordans all day long. And you know who's knocking on the door here is is Chase Young, right? That's and so right. All, all of a sudden I I this is just it's a, it's just hilarious and 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 this is why like we love when you listen to our off-season programming here at SB Nation, but like no one knows what they're talking about, including <laughs> everywhere everywhere. ESPN, NFL Network, us, whatever like that. We thought the AFC West would be the best division ever. Meanwhile, it looks like the NFC East might be the first division ever to get four teams in the playoffs. Every team the in the NFC East is, is above 500 right now. No team in the NFC South is above 500. Um, and it's we we started this podcast, I believe, in the year when it was so clearly like the worst division ever. Wasn't it the it WFT that yeah. made the playoffs at seven and nine or That's seven, correct. eight and one or whatever it was? I I just think it it's a that's a good thing to remember when like say your team is in the doldrums and, and it's been there for a while things can oh change what a great so word fast in the nfl um and so i i i'm you know i i'm interested in seeing how i, I got a soft spot for the wft don't really like the ownership don't really like the name of the <laughs> i team. don't know anyone who does I like that <laughs> um i uh I'm a fan of the players. You, I'll say that. I'm a fan of the players in Washington. You mentioned um, the you mentioned Arizona a little while ago. Um, you were talking about the Super Bowl, obviously. The Cardinals are not going to be there, but the Cardinals do play tonight on Monday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers. Colt uh, McCoy. Well, in talking about Jimmy um, Garoppolo. 
Cole McCoy, former Washington quarterback, by the way. Uh, but if, right. Cole, if Cole McCoy is able to win his second game in a row, that would obviously hand the 49ers a loss. Uh, the 49ers are currently 5-4. and four. The Commanders are now 6-5. and five. Um, The Commanders still have their bye to go, but that would put the Commanders in as the third wildcard team and the other two spots currently held by Dallas and New York. So this is going to come down to, in all likelihood, the five, because I think we both think the Cow, well, the three NFC East teams at the top are going to the playoffs, right? We, we, we think that certainly. So you've, you've got, you know, some combination of Dallas, New York, Philly. One is the division winner. Two is, is wildcards. Are, are you aware of this, that the, the Commanders play That's, the Giants? I, we're very aware. Yeah. Uh, yes, they play them twice in a row with the bye sandwich in between. Yes, it's stupid. Um, what? So that, that's that's what I was getting at. Like, I don't know if this Commanders team is going to make the playoffs because I think we both trust San Francisco a lot, obviously. But at the very least, they're going to cause some chaos because they get the Falcons yes. this week, uh, seemingly without Kyle Pitts. It, you know, it would stand to reason. So they're going to get to seven and five. And then they play the Giants twice in a row with their bye sandwiched in between there. And then <laughs> why did they do that? I know. It's, it's, <laughs> why did they do that? It's stupid. Um, and then they go to San Francisco. That is such a pivotal game. That San Francisco game for for a wild card spot. And then they finish up with Cleveland at home with the Deshaun uh, Browns. We'll see what they look like. And then Dallas. But that that Dallas game this the, this week eighteen for the NFC East is going to be wild. You have Dallas at Washington. And you have Philadelphia mm. against the Giants. Like the the combinations there could impact a lot of things, not just as far as the division is concerned, but as far as the the wild cards within the division. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And maybe the number one overall seed. Like we have no idea. Like this is because Dallas beat Minnesota now. You're talking about Dallas or Philly, whoever wins the thing is gonna get that thing. That's really fun and exciting to think about. Yeah, and I man, I, I just look at the bottom and again, I, I this continues to go with my playoffs are going to be wild theme like you look at the bottom of these conferences right now five six seven in the afc bills patriots Bengals. you don't want to see any of those teams you look at the bottom of the nsc cowboys giants 49ers with the commanders knocking on the door those are all teams that you don't want to see if you're one of these top seeds so i it is going to be fun and i i'm i'm just i know that we have a lot of time left in the regular season and we're going to cover it and seven we'll see games. how it plays yeah. out there's a long long but way to go i am i'm just I'm eager for whatever these playoffs bring. The um, New York Jets have fallen out of wildcard contention in the AFC on the AFC side after a dreadful 10 to 3 loss against Big Brother, the New England Patriots. Time will change, Pete. Uniforms will change. Players will change. Coaches will change. One constant is that the New England Patriots will forever own the little brother New York Jets. This is an unacceptable loss. I mean, you, you want to be a big boy? You want us to, to seat you at the adult table this week at Thanksgiving Jets? Don't get swept by the Patriots. Win a game. Score a touchdown, right? Like, like do something. Be be competent. And uh, this is why nobody, like, you know what I mean? Like, this happens to a lot of fan bases. Like, teams like, well, I'm scared to believe they, but this team has hurt me before. This is why every Jets fan feels like Charlie Brown lining up with Lucy. You know what I mean? It's like, I, it's going to come out at some point. Well, there's a, a bigger story to this. And, Ooh, and everybody hates Zach. That's the story. Yeah. And it's and it's Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Mac Jones and not just everyone pass, and everyone passing on Justin. Right, right, yeah. Right. No, I, I I just think that that man, it, it's one of those things where it's like all 31 teams passed on Lamar Jackson mm -hmm. MVP. And you are looking right now at Wilson and Lawrence and they they just don't look like it. Right. I mean, it's, it's still early for these guys. And I think we've seen. I think what's, what's been a problem, too, with this particular class is, is we've seen guys take the league by storm in, in Mahomes and Allen and uh, Herbert. And, you know, you sort of expect them to kind of 
be as fast, but sometimes it takes a couple of years for court. I'm not writing them off completely, but so far so bad in that sense. And this was a game in which there was going to be a role player that stepped up and got it done for, for this game. It was Marcus Jones who was able to take the, the punt return back. Oh, and, and sick. I mean, that, what an awesome it, way to get, get it done. It reminded me a lot of when Deshaun Jackson Miracle at the years, and years ago, yeah. yeah, uh, did it against the, the giants and, and this was an in-division game. And the key here is that that play by, you know, a role player punt returner, could be the difference in one of these teams winning a division, making the the postseason. Or not, neither of them are going to win the division. To be clearly, I'm going to go back on that. But as far as maybe earning a wild card tiebreaker, one of these teams is a, like is that. is a wild card, right? Like we've got yes. we've got Miami yeah. and Buffalo in one winning the right, division, right. but one of these is a wild card team. I agree right. with you. Yeah, and so you know this is one of those, and I like we said, there's seven games left, but like circle this because this could be a difference of the the Jets on the outside looking in. So the. Both teams are six and four, the Jets and Patriots. Uh, just quickly, Jets remaining schedule, Bears this week. And we, we'll see about Justin Fields, but win or loss? The Jets against the Bears. I think that the, the Bears win. Okay, so that's, you got them six and five at Minnesota. I think Minnesota had a bad day. I think they all right, So six and win. six that's, at Buffalo yeah. with, with the Bills Another all loss. pissed off. Okay, so now you're six and seven. You get the Lions at home if you're the Jets. I think you can win again. Seven Lions, and, right? So that's seven up. Jacksonville on Thursday night football. I still like the Jets there. Okay, so eight and seven at Seattle. Let's give him a win there for the sake of conversation. Okay, nine I'm and less seven. Less confident about that. And then at Miami, and then a, but but and that's a loss to loss to Miami. But you don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like again, like you don't know what the week eighteen weirdness will be. Like, well, the Dolphins have already clinched. You know, like there's a lot of stuff like percolating in the air. And then the other side of things, New England. So they're at Minnesota. I, they've got they're in Minnesota this, on Thursday night. I mean, look, I mean, if you're giving me Miami against the New York Jets, I even if Miami, say Miami had clinched, like, can't we believe that they can still have enough pieces around sure. them to, to win that football game? Okay, I agree with you. But I'm just saying, Week 18 invites weirdness. New England is 6-4 and four at Minnesota Thursday night. Mm. I don't know. What do you think? I think they lose. You can choose. I think they lose. So okay. they're six and five. You pick the Jets games. I'll pick the Bills or the Patriots games. Then they get Buffalo at home. So they're six and six. Uh, they go to Arizona. Um, I don't believe. I mean, Bill, Patriots Bill, are gonna win. Bill Belichick against Cliff Kingsbury. Seven and six at Vegas. Eight and six. Cincinnati. I'll give them a loss. That's eight and seven. Miami. Eight and eight. And then at Buffalo. So you're talking about both these teams like flirting around with nine and seven. We'll see well, here, how it breaks. Here, here, here's what I, I, I would say about about it. I think that the the Patriots are built to win their division games much better than the Jets because of the Belichick factor. Uh, you know, I, I know that we like to like not remember that because no one really likes him in particularly, but it, it matters. I you know I don't know if the Jets are built to, to pull off division upsets anymore. Whereas like I could more easily see the Patriots upsetting the Bills and the Jets at this stage. You and know what I mean? The I agree with you. The New Orleans Saints took care of business against the LA, LA I was going to say St. Louis taking and the LA Rams. Taking care of business. Uh, yo, yo. Every yo. day taking care of business. 27 to 20. Matthew Stafford um, might have a concussion issue. Uh, we already talked yeah. about, obviously. Um, this was, I mean, it was just the Rams stink. I mean, like this, it's over. This, this team is bad. It's over. Like this team is terrible. I don't know how anyone can believe they have anything going on here that is worthy of praise. No, it's over for the Rams. Uh, this was to me, the nail on the coffin on, on them making the, the postseason. I would be stunned if LA is able to turn it around, especially facing Kansas city next week. And 
look, if you're the reigning Super Bowl champs and you're, you're in a must win game and you're facing Andy Dalton, you, you got to get that done. And again, just not able to, to do it. And uh, I don't think New Orleans is particularly sexy either. You know, so this is one of those, to me, throwaway games. It really was more of a story for the Rams to keep their season going. And I, I just I can't see a, a scenario in which they're able to defend their title in the NFC. I can't remember if I said this to you or somebody else, but like, who's to say Sean Payton isn't the Saints coach next year? Like, or, or like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it was you that I said it to. Like, it doesn't like we're over here. Like, well, the Chargers could use Sean Payton or whatever. Like, don't the Saints look like a team that could use Sean Payton? Well, you know, I I think the I think the idea was that the Cowboys wouldn't be good and they would just take that one. But that, you know, now Mike McCarthy is going to have to come back. And so I think New Orleans makes sense. Like we talked about the Chargers. The Chargers are interesting. If Denver's bold and decides maybe we get away from the Hackett experience, I think oh, that's interesting. That but is- now you're looking for you have to look for other fits because of the way your boy, Mike McCarthy, has has done this year. Mm. So. All right, let's move on. Oh, uh, Ian Rappaport just tweeted that Saints defensive end Peyton Turner um, had x-rays on his ankle that were negative. Um, the hope is the injury, which happened right after a short yardage stop, is just an ankle sprain, but he's having an MRI today. So we will see. Pete, it's time to bop, bop, ba-da-da-da, bop, bop. The New York Giants are starting to become a little exposed. 31 to 18, <laughs> the final score as Dan Campbell bit off all those kneecaps and all the other stupid stuff that people fawn over uh, that he likes to say. Uh, Jamal Williams has been a revelation this year. I mean, I know everybody's focused on DeAndre Swift. The two of them combined 22 carries, 84 yards, four touchdowns all four scores for the Lions a bit of a, a blustery day I know you know what that's like Pete. you know walking through the concrete jungle when it's a windy day you got to have that coat up and you just got you get you get a, a coffee black you know what I mean just no, notoriously windy this isn't I mean, the Meadowlands it's, it's MetLife Stadium please get the name right it's a w- w- wind tunnel for days yeah Daniel Jones threw the ball 44 times for 341 yards uh had two interceptions he had done such a great job of not turning the ball over uh this this look the Giants have gotten a, a a lack of respect relative to all the other contenders in the NFL this year. But this was kind of everybody's told you. I told you that yeah. they they'd been too lucky. Like it was it was kind of all those things manifesting themselves. Yeah, and and their second round pick Robinson was having a basically a breakout day and nine catches for a hundred yards and goes down with a torn ACL, which is terrible. And another key injury for the Giants who just can't seem to get away from injuries on their home turf. I know there was there's a a bit to to say about the the turf and, and what's happening there but yeah no the Detroit Lions just look like a more complete and better team which is never a good sign when you're playing the Detroit Lions and did you happen to see after the game with Campbell in the locker room the guy is basically in tears with 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 this win I just he's a coach that we've never seen this type of character I can't believe people fall for this he's so so hardcore and emotional and the thing I like about him is he just wants to go home and have a beer after a win like this I hate you with all my heart um (laughs) but they're four and six they're spicy we'll see what happens with them but the Giants need to figure things out quickly because this thing can unravel fast this was finally like the okay Detroit you're starting to get a little bit cute and and do some kind of fun stuff you know, on your season game. They last week in Chicago was literally the first road win of the Dan Campbell era. What'd they do? 
doubled it. You know what I'm saying? They're yep. on a three-game winning streak. I mean, this is, again, finally like, okay, now you're starting to, to just be spunky. That's that's all we've kind of been waiting for. Like, that hasn't been there. So now that the spunkiness, you know, measurement is starting to counterbalance the, like, kneecap stuff. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm more fine with all this stuff than I was when there was no sort of answer as far as what this mm-hmm. project was supposed to yield. And by the way, if the NFL draft is reheld today, like, I do not know how the Jaguars pass on Aiden Hutchinson. Like, he is a monster. Yeah. Like, he is so yeah. good. And he's getting no love for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I understand there are other stories happening elsewhere, but, man, he is incredible. Say what you want about Daniel Jones, but for the most part, he, he does a good job not turning the football over. So, for him to have an interception in this game is is pretty incredible. And I don't know. I'm, I'm not th- – I don't think the Lions have it this year, but Campbell is starting to maybe – Feel, make my feelings like okay maybe they can be something starting next year with some of these big time wins i wouldn't go quite that far uh personally i know i know look you you're you have a lot of vendettas against these teams i i like to keep an open mind i know you hate the colts i know you hate the the detroit right, lions look, we have two you games turn your back, we have two games left Let's you see. turn your back on the buffalo bills this year which i appreciate i mean i love it um I mean, the heel the heel turn for rj has been uh, a treat for me. we have two games left this one should not take long i mentioned this with kyle the baltimore Ravens. or kyle with jason excuse me um a lot of shout outs for kyle barber on, on the on the sb nation nfl k barbs um the uh the baltimore ravens survived outlasted uh, outwilled outplayed shout out to jeff probes the carolina panthers uh, 13 to 3 uh baker mayfield started this game for the panthers it really made no impact whatsoever um <laughs> interestingly i think it was the charlotte observer that reported i think this was late saturday night the weekend kind of blended together for me um that the panthers are, are highly considering bringing steve wilkes back um as, as full-time head coach beyond the interim you know season he, he's commanding right now that'd be awesome for I Steve Wilkes. yeah um he gonna get he didn't get a fair shake in what was it arizona right after he left carolina you know what i'm saying so it's kind of nice to see him get to take over this team specifically um but this this panthers team is void of a lot of options and talent uh but they did kind of hang tough with this ravens team and we mentioned the ravens second and overall team dvoa like it didn't really feel that way on and look like you mentioned you know the eagles in indianapolis a win is a win like this counts just the same you you're keeping pace you're going shot for shot with the Bengals with the leads you have right now but this this looks like the Ravens at, at the at the weakest point of their powers. They had a nice plan against Lamar Jackson and, and keeping him sort of at bay on the ground. Eleven carries for just a thirty-one yards. He did did have a rushing touchdown, but I I just think they managed the Ravens and had a good defensive plan. It's just they have nothing going offensively. I mean Baker Mayfield, like much like the Rams are done as a team, Baker Mayfield is done as a starter in the NFL. I mean the the, the idea that Baker Mayfield can lead your team to any kind of playoff contention again. I know we did it for the Browns in one year, but I just don't see it in, in his future. And look, again, not a great game for the Ravens, but at the end of the day, they got the W similar to Buffalo, similar to Philadelphia. Um, I will say, um, so I was watching Red Zone in the noon hour, obviously, before the Cowboys kicked off. And when Scott Hansen parachuted into this game and they showed Baker Mayfield, he was like, former number one overall pick. Baker Mayfield, it's like, it's kind of been too long. Like, we don't, you know what I'm you saying? What? Like, And not only, I do like, not- I do like that you tuned in. During the witching hour, <laughs> when losses become wins and wins become losses. Not only um, has it been too long for us to, like, you know, legitimately, like, keep using this thing, but the other quarterback in this game has won an MVP and was taken at the very end of that round. The Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick by. I mean, so, like, just, you know, we, we don't have to keep doing this every single time. Like, you want to say Heisman winner? That's cool. Like, you know what I mean? That kind of sticks around forever. Um, but so it is what it is. Uh, last I mean, game. wait, wait, Whoa, just, what? really, really, really what? quickly. What? I mean, in 2023, Baker Mayfield is a backup, right? Like that's, that, I mean, I'll, it can be in the NFL. 
I don't know. Like, I I mean, yes, to answer your question, but like, I do think it's it's a careful situation. Like, if he wants to back up Patrick Mahomes, like, well, there's no question. Like, he's the kind of backup where that like becomes an annoying story if the starter flails. Like, like if he goes to back up Zach Wilson, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it is an immediate like, well, I don't know, man. He was the former number one overall pick. You know what I mean? Like, it invites conversation in certain places. I I have the perfect comparison for this. Eventually, RG three figured out that he was a backup. Is Mayfield the type of guy? Similar big personality, similar good start to his career. Yeah. And kind of, can he eat that? I don't know. I don't know if he can eat. I it. don't think we thought that RG three could, and to his credit, he did. Right, and he's put together. He's, he's put together an amazing like general career. Obviously, some of it yes. off the field since then. Um, you're right. Baker has like his like flaw has been he hasn't been able to eat those sorts of things. Uh, final game, a lot of eating happening. Um, I don't know. That's an awful segue. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders own the Denver Broncos. They own them. Like, imagine <laughs> that. The Broncos stink. Um, they tw- they're just they're they're st- they stink. Twenty-two to sixteen. Stink. The final score in this game. I'm sad that this game existed. Um, whatever. Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett gave up play calling for this game in his tenth game in the NFL, <laughs> which is just astounding. Um, but I here's my take on this. Like, because the game is what the game is. I no longer think that the Broncos are like everyone's punching bag for how bad they are. Like the Broncos have completely like this is a worse like and I, I don't mean that like attention is the most important thing because it's not. But the Broncos are so mm-hmm. bad. They have faded into obscurity. Nobody even like nobody even cares anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like early on, it was kind of fun. Like, oh, yeah, haha, the Broncos stink. Oh, blah, blah, Broncos country. Let's run. But like nobody even cares anymore. Like they, they are just at the back of the NFL. No, nobody is paying any kind of attention to them at this rate. Yeah. And, and these two teams are are at the bottom of the bottom and you know from a kansas city and the Chargers standpoint you're always rooting for the team with the worst record and the raiders were able to get it done which which hurts really both teams in the sense of like you know being at the, the bottom of the, the division and the i you know i i picked the raiders to win because i i just think they have more going I than them the too. give me my broncos, credit give me my props i picked them broncos too. seem completely like lost and this russ wilson decision to to sign him for as long as they did is looking like one of the worst decisions in NFL history. Dude, so and you, you were busy. I don't know if you saw this, and I read about this yes. actually afterwards. Um, so this game went to overtime, and part of the reason it went to overtime is on third down when the Broncos had the ball trying to put this game away, Russell, who has been king of like understanding the little things, right? Like always reaching the ball out, right? Like, you know what I mean? When mm-hmm. he's rushing, pick up yeah. that extra yard, whatever. On third down, throws an incomplete pass instead of yeah. eating a sack. Like, how are you at thi- how are you a decade in? And making this tiny little mistake, which allowed the Raiders to go down the field and tie before they obviously wanted an overtime with the Devontae Adams walk-off. Like that, that is like you, you can talk about certain things with Russ, like, oh man, this, that, blah, blah, blah. That kind of thing should be like terrifying if you're a Broncos fan that you are stuck with this. Do you think, and this was something I was actually talking about with Rachel as you, we were Rachel you know, is the best do, forever and ever uh, yeah as we were doing each and every week is waiting for RJ around 10 10 ish mm. do you think that the Chiefs and Broncos get flexed out of Sunday night football in week 14 because of how bad the Broncos are week 14 week 14 hang on eight and two versus three and seven right now week 14 the Chiefs Broncos AFC West Sunday night football matchup in Denver you got Giants the, Eagles you got the first Giants Eagles the reason, game that that week too the re- that you can flex in right and the reason and the reason i bring it up is because patrick mahomes is the draw I and mean, i don't have to go into the details on that i know you, not nobody wants to hear it, whatever 
are the Broncos bad enough for NBC to not have Mahomes on their network? Like, well, there are I a lot of Cowboys territory we're in. There are a lot of Cowboys fans asking if the Cowboys Colts game in week 13 on Sunday Night Football is going to get flexed out. I don't think that will. Like, the yeah. Cowboys are the Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? So, like, no offense to the Chiefs, but, like, they're they're a draw because of who they are, not necessarily just because of one player. I mean, I don't, I don't think the Chiefs match the Cowboys organization-wise from your, the, stamp, the point that you're making. But I think Mahomes is as big as the Cowboys at this L- stage. Looking of, at uh, the slate, um, I mean, you could argue Chargers-Dolphins, but... I mean, you know, they just flex the Chargers. The um, the, the, the most likely is Eagles Giants, but I right. think the Giants would have to maintain what they're doing. When, when, so they would have to so, announce that after. So the Giants have, have just lost, and between now and then, they are at Dallas on Thanksgiving Day. I think we both think they're going to lose that game. They're eight-point dogs, according to our friends at DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they host the Commanders next Sunday. So, you know, you're talking about they could – conceivably be on a three-game losing streak at that point in time be uh seven and five do love uh, i do love when the washington football team takes on the new york football giants love football in the names um true um wow bronco stink all right uh rachel if you could please join us um so that we can apologize for going long once again um and pete took a shot at me and said that i was late however when i joined pete was not at his seat so i don't know what pete's talking about it's not like he was necessarily ready to go well, i was um, waiting for you and so i needed a, like i needed a little cup of joe at the you know at this stage I well you didn't get it like was, was your plan to not have the cup of joe had i been here on time in your no view? i just was like halfway i was half full and I want, you know, I figured since I'm waiting for you anyway, I might Rachel, as well. Go I've heard enough half, off. half points from Pete Sweeney. Could you please join us and let us know your biggest takeaway from Sunday's NFL action? Rachel just told us her buttons are stuck. Um, wow. Okay. So, so let's vote. Let, let's vote for. Uh, I vote, vote for, for RJ. I vote for RJ. No, Rachel's going Pete. to. Oh, she says they won't let her join her the buttons. Interesting. Um, okay. Rachel is, is chatting with us on Slack. Rachel, you can hear us. All right. We're, we're talking into the into the ether. All right, Rachel, who won the MF double MVP? And we have to kind of buy time while she she types this out because her buttons are are. Wow. Oh, Pete, Pete won it. That's very very quick. I don't want to say that's very stupid, quick. but like it really doesn't count. Like yeah. if she didn't come on here herself to say it, um, <laughs> so I don't you're know, you're saying I don't know if she would have typed in RJ, we wouldn't have counted it. I either. wouldn't have counted it the same. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, look, I've got a lot of these things, so like this would have gone to the back. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean? Not as many as me in the in our head to head. I mean, I don't know what the, I I would one day in the off season, I'm going to go back and listen every time we go in and out and really find out how many I've won over you. Um, Rachel, that, day, I'm gonna, that day's not today. Rachel, we'll, we'd like to hear your answer. I'll buy you some time, and while I do. Pete will answer. Pete, we asked uh, Jason what Thanksgiving one food he is looking forward to the most. We cannot repeat answers. So, Rachelle, your answer over Slack, please. Pete, um, your answer. You cannot say stuffing. I will say pecan pie. I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually, look, if I I get on my soapbox, I did not get to eat Thanksgiving last year because my son was born the night before. So, obviously, like a really good reason why. But um, I had Burger King for Thanksgiving last year in the hospital. So, um, I'm very, I'm, I'm here to make up for lost time. Uh, this Thanksgiving, selfish, selfish job by by young Roel there. I would say turkey jumps out for me. So you turkey, know, I, I taking turkey, the low hanging fruit. Turkey, <laughs> turkey jumps out. No, I I I always tell this story. So when I was still covering Alex, that we were surrounding his locker. They used to do the the pressers in the in the locker room with Alex, and he was asked his favorite Thanksgiving food. And Alex Smith, in Alex Smith fashion, goes. Yeah, well, you know, turkey jumps out, man. I, <laughs> so we were all like, um, what are you f- talking about? Alex? A few years ago, no, I'm, I'm oh, just real quickly. A few years ago, Dak Prescott was on Pardon My Take, and it was yeah. he's, he's a really like corporate interview. 
Um, and so you could tell that they were kind of running out of like, he was just kind of answering everything in a super corporate way. So they were like, well, what's your favorite color? Right? Like, let's just spice this up. Yeah. He goes, uh, gray. I, and <laughs> I was fortunate to interview Dak before the season started. I asked him what his favorite yes. television show was. He said sports center. So, uh, okay. <laughs> that guy does not have a lot to him on the, off the field, but that, that allows him to really focus on football, which is what everybody wants. Rachel said me, banana says, pudding. Is that a, yeah, is I that like, a Thanksgiving staple? I like sweet potatoes and I like cranberry sauce. And I, because I, Thanksgiving seems like the one meal where you can kind of have dessert on the same plate as the dinner. Like sweet potatoes is like more like a dessert and cranberry sauce is more like a dessert. But there they are right on the table with the rest of the regular food. Rachelle said that she agrees. So, um, yeah. you know, you and I were simpatico. Yeah, I suggested we actually split the MFWP and Rachelle ignored that. Um, and, yeah, uh, and we with can you. split it. We can split it. No, I don't want it at this point. You know, we had the cool like 51, 49. That's 100%. We had that moment. You know what I mean? I thought that was going to be enough to carry us through. Um, we'll always have it. All right. We'll always have that moment. Uh, Pete, as we leave, uh, once again, everybody stay tuned here to the SB Nation NFL show. Three games on Thanksgiving. We wish you health, wealth, happiness, and a very it. happy, blessed Thanksgiving. Pete, give us your best gobble, gobble, gobble um, as we fade out um, into Thanksgiving week. <laughs> <laughs>